Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to this week's episode. This week we are continuing along with our baby theme and this week we, well, you need to watch out because it's a bit of a sentimental clutter minefield here. We're talking about decluttering the baby things and a lot of people find this really, really tricky. Uh, it's it's one of the things that I struggled with and I actually remember Mick saying, like, why don't you just do your thing on yourself like you do with your clients? <laughs> Because I had, you know, five vacuum pack bags of baby clothes up in the top of Zoe's wardrobe and it makes like, you know, dude, you got to do something about that. It's a bit much. Mm. I was trying to, trying to think about why baby stuff, particularly more than other things, more than like for me even like the toddler years or, you know, as the kids get older, there's something about baby stuff that's particularly sentimental and I was trying to work out why that was and I think part of it is because kids do seem to grow up and change so quickly. So the baby things are like this trigger for this beautiful, brief snapshot of time mm. Um, mm. and feel like such a lovely tactile link to that moment and the past. And yeah. probably on top of that, baby things are just cute as well. <laughs> They're also adorable. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I think the reason why it's so appealing is the same same reason that babies are so appealing. Like it's it's like a like it's a genetic or an inbuilt thing that we have to be attracted to our babies, to be you know mm-hmm. um, want to be around them, to want to you know. And I think that the the all of the tiny little growth suits give us exactly the same feeling. I think it's something that it's just part of us, and it's it is hard um, because we get this. Oh, it's guttural kind of mm-hmm. not guttural. What's the word? Um, you know what I mean. Um, it's just this like really deep kind of sense of like yeah, it's you know, like a primal maternal primal, instinct. That's the yeah, word. yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking of. So you know, and they just and and also especially once they're as old as our kids are, you've forgotten all the bad bits. Oh yeah. <laughs> so like there might be a stain on the grow suit and you're like, like, oh, isn't this, you know, this is look at this cute little grow suit. And you know, forgetting about the seven times that night they threw up all over you and your bed clothes and their bed clothes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, you don't you don't remember that bit. You just remember like, oh look how little they were and look how cute they are. And I know you and I were talking last week off air about the little grow suits and the little bonds the little bonds, stretchy toweling ones. Oh, they've just got like a special, special kind of um, thing for me um, because that was, you know, they're just the fat little legs with their rolls, you know, encased in these little gross. Oh, I don't know. I just can't even. <laughs> yeah. I'm, and so I guess we could just sit here and talk about how much we love baby stuff, but we should probably give people some tips. <laughs> and and like everything else we talk about, we have to find a way with this baby stuff to keep that memory but let go of the object where we can. Yeah, exactly. If we kept it all, we would drown in it, obviously, and we wouldn't have functional spaces. And so we do have to have a bit of balance between keeping the memories and the warm fuzzies and all that cute stuff and functioning effectively in our present life. Yeah, and we need to 
not fall into that trap of thinking that our kids might want to see it all one day. Like, mm. I think most kids would be happy if you pulled out um, some photos, maybe in terms of actual physical objects, their favourite childhood toy or something, you know, that had a particular story or connection. But I am pretty certain most children, or even as they grow into adults, do not care about seeing all the baby rompers, maybe a special mm. outfit from a special occasion, but not all the clothes, not the towels, not the dummies yeah. or pacifiers. Like the thing is, all that baby stuff, they are not your kids' memories. They are your memories. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to ask ourselves, who are we keeping them for? Yeah. And the answer is usually yeah. us. And so then why? Oh, why do we want to keep them for us? What are they yeah. doing that, that a photograph can't? Yeah, and also what is the what is the emotional need being met and how can you have that emotional need met without keeping everything? So without keeping 20 towels and, you know, 27 rompers and all that kind of stuff, how can you get those those feelings? Because I do, like, you know, as you and I have already said, we're quite f fans of baby stuff mm -hmm. <laughs> and I have kept some and it, it took um, – couple of rounds of peeling the onion but eventually I've got down to one vacuum pack bag of special outfits and um the the why for me um initially I had a why of my sister might use some of them but she didn't end up having children and then I thought okay so that I trimmed it down a fair amount so now my why is to remember the um kids when they were little and also to honour the special things that were made for them or, you know, special occasions. So I sort of had my why there of like I can look at them, I can smell them, I can see them, I can hold them and get my warm fuzzies and I can honour the people that gave them things as well and, and keep that connection there as well. So I do have, you know, that is my why and so that then helped me decide, you know, what it is that I was going to keep. Yeah, I love that. And I think if you can do that separate, you know, figure out your why, not while you're sitting in front of all the items, like yes. <laughs> take yourself away, go sit in a cafe or go sit on your couch and get out a notebook and figure out what purpose though you want the baby things you keep to serve and get really mm. clear on that before you start decluttering. Um, then that it's almost becomes like your little rule book or your measuring stick that when you you know, start going through, you can go, okay, does this baby towel, you know, serve that, that why? Does it remind me of things that were made for them? No. Does it remind me of a special occasion? No. Okay. Then let it go. Mm. So let's go through mm. some other tips as well that we can, yeah. we can think of to help people actually let go. So one of the things that people do uh, worry about is, if they're going to have more kids. And I think decluttering baby clothes needs to happen after you've decided you're not having any more. I think while you're still up in the air, you're not going to have any, your your why doesn't really exist, does it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think the important part then is if you're still either in the middle of having children or you are undecided about whether you're going to have any more, then you you know, keeping the items makes financial sense above everything else. Um, mm. But I think you need to try and remove them from the area that you're in. So if you've got a toddler and they still have all the baby grows and 
all the baby towels and all of that in their room, then maybe if you can, find a way to pack them away or move them out of sight so that Mm. they're not cluttering up the space and then pull them back out again, you know, when you decide it's time. Yeah, that's right. And then, you know, as as you've once you've have decided it's time or it is time for the stuff to go or if it's time for the stuff to be reused you've got more clarity on the actual purpose of the of the stuff so yeah so i think if you are doing a a big declutter of baby stuff don't do it while you're still up in the air about whether or not there's more children coming along um if you think i mean obviously there's still a chance like there's still a chance for me that a child might come along like i might decide in a year's time to foster or something like that there's still these chances but the but the chances are low enough that I can be like well you know what I'll find clothes I'll go buy I'll buy some you know I'll go shopping or I'll go onto my buy buy nothing group and I'll, I'll grab some rompers you know there's there's still um, a way to work around those small chances of children coming back young children babies coming back into your household so um, that's sort of another thing is to think you know if there is a chance what how big is that chance and how would you cope if you didn't have any of the baby stuff at that point? And that will also help with your why and your decision-making as well. Mm. I think one thing that made it easier for me, and this is similar to you, to let go of stuff was I um, I had stuff packed away to give to my brother and my sister-in-law for when they had kids. And that I feel like that makes it so much easier <laughs> to let go because um, – <laughs> you know that another gorgeous little human is about to wear that. And the bonus is, and this is the gift that keeps giving still to this day, because my girls still hand down stuff to my niece. So it's like it gets another <laughs> another life. Yeah, and I get another. to see that life come around, which is even more lovely than, you yeah. know, it's still great to donate things. But it's like when we gave the little baby grows to my brother, you know, then like six months later, it's like, oh, look, I remember that. Or, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you know, could say to my kids, you used to wear that. And that's that's really lovely. But I think people have to be really wary of keeping things for others if they don't know who those others are. You know, so if you have someone in mm. mind and that you think the timing is kind of appropriate and you're prepared to hold on to it until they need it, that's fine. But if you are keeping things for someone that might have a baby and you're not sure who that someone is, yeah, mm. that could become a bit of a, yeah, that a, could be a space hog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And another thing that some people do as well, I find quite a lot, is that they will say, I'll keep it for when I have grandchildren. So, mm. again, that's also another unknown. You know, it's it's a, a vague I'll keep it for someone who I don't even know will use it or not yet or, you know, they might not even have grandchildren. You know, it's it's a very big unknown. And I think that, again, when you think about your why, when you say I'm going to keep it for my grandchildren, I think most people who say that they're actually keeping it for themselves and they're trying to justify that as well. Um, and I, I know that it is nice to hand things down, um, but, but, you know, 17 nappy boxes of them might not be so nice for the person on the other end and it might be not so not so nice to live with for, you know, 30 years while you wait to have grandchildren, for example. Yeah. So um, that's another thing to think about. Yeah, absolutely. And how will you feel if you pull those things out in 30 years and all the fabrics deteriorated or they're moth-eaten um, or they're 
you know, there's been advancements in fabrics and materials and, you know, by the, you know, all the things that our kids wore, um, their kids might not be wearing because now maybe everything is like organic cotton and none of the stuff yeah. our kids wore was organic cotton, you know. Um, <laughs> and so it's like, I think I would feel more heartbroken holding on to stuff for so long and then finding yeah. it not being used or not being loved. Yeah. I think so too. I think if you're going to hold something like that, I think, and this is one thing that's passed down a lot with families and you've got one in your family, but the christening gown, you know, those yep. kinds of things, the little special outfits, that, you know, doesn't take up much space and it's you know, it's kind of a, a quite a feasible, workable, not too inconvenient reason to keep something and it's a small thing to keep um but so we're not talking about the old item that is special we're talking about you know pretty much most of the things your kids wore for the first two years of their life um and keeping and handing all of those down so that's kind of the the volume more we're talking about the small volumes you know you can figure that out yourself about whether you can fit them in or not but the large volumes are the things that you need to think twice about yeah and there's also the chance too that the people that you might be holding on to things for don't want them or want things that are new or want things that are a particular colour or style or whatever. And then mm. you're placing the burden onto them to have to tell you <laughs> that you've kept all yeah. this stuff for them that they don't actually want. Yeah, which is... and they find it really ugly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think we... one one thing that can be really helpful, if you if you know the child that you have had is your last baby or that's the intention, is to try and let go of items as that phase ends, because there's so many phases that come and go. And so mm. as your your baby moves from uh, not being able to sit up to sitting in a high chair, then all of the, the props that you needed to help baby sit on their own, maybe they can be let go of because they're now in the new phase of the high chair or, you know, the like the little walking aids. I don't know. What are they called? Mm. Like the little things that oh just walkers yeah you know once your baby is walking on their own do they still need them anymore do they play with them anymore no okay so it's like that whole thing of recognizing those little milestone moments and then anything Mm. that no longer fits within their new phase let go of it as that phase has ended and the new ones begun and then that kind of keeps you in this pattern of you know recognizing Mm. where they're at and letting go of anything that they've moved on from yeah, and that can, with regards to clothes, that can actually work quite well to prevent confusion. I've had so many clients who have ended up with, and it's just because life is busy, you know, and we all, we all do it, have ended up with drawers full of four, four or five different sizes and they'll pull a size out, put it on the kid, go, oh, this doesn't fit, take it off, chuck it back in the in the drawer mm-hmm. and then they repeat that about four times, you know, over the course of six months and they keep pulling out but they throw it back in because they're too busy to think about, you know, where else it's going to go and they've got to dress this, you know, kid who's trying to escape from them. Um, so you end up with kind of a whole lot of bunches of sizes all within the working wardrobe. Mm-hmm. And so I think with clothes it is important as well as they move out of sizes and into sizes to to do these kind of reviews where um, things are removed altogether from the working wardrobe Um, or at least have a – even if you just have a bag in the bottom of their wardrobe that you can chuck stuff in that when you put it on them it doesn't fit. So chuck it in that bag instead of chucking it back in the rest of the cupboard. Something little small and simple like that will actually make the job a bit easier later on when you want to do a proper declutter. Yeah, absolutely. And look, if time is an issue and 
recognizing, you know, the the changing of phases or seasons or whatever with your kids um, is tricky to, you know, to try and fit in your schedule. The other thing you could do is, is plan a time for letting go. So it could be, I mean, like we do, well, I say we do. I don't necessarily do a spring clean, but I know a lot of people that do that will set time aside <laughs> yeah, at the beginning of spring. Some people do that. Um, to clean. So, but maybe it becomes the week before your child's birthday each year. You go through, you go, right, let's look at everything mm. they've got. Um, before they get a whole bunch of new stuff, let's go of all the stuff that the clothes that don't fit or they don't like wearing or whatever, um, the toys they no longer play with, like make time for letting go because we're very good at making time for acquiring more, like put it on <laughs> yeah, your list, yeah. must buy birthday gifts for little Johnny, absolutely, but no one ever puts on their list, let go of all the stuff little Johnny doesn't like anymore, doesn't play with or doesn't fit. So try and schedule yeah. it in. And if it's only once a year but you dedicate time to it, it's better than nothing. The other thing that can make it easy or easier, I guess, for people to let go is to take photos. And if it's things like clothes, um, there's probably a chance you've got photos of your babies in those clothes anyway. Um, so if it helps you let it go, go and find them. Make sure you've got photos of that. You can take a photo of the, the item as well. It obviously is not going to have that same tactile loveliness, um, but for some people, just knowing that there's proof that it existed is enough to help them go through the, the process of letting it go. You could even do a combination of photos and stuff too, couldn't you? So, you know, one little cute thing that smells nice and then photos of all the rest um, could be um, a bit of a combination mm-hmm. so that you get all of those emotional needs um, met. Um, another thing uh which can help motivate people if you're looking for extra motivation to let things go beyond the space um, is maybe money because selling items or putting them in consignment store, um, you know, can bring in a decent amount of money because quite often baby things especially are quite lightly used. Usually babies grow out of things way before they wear them out. Um, So maybe coming up with something that you could put the money towards might help motivate you to finally part with it so um Mm. i I read a story recently where the mum um was putting half of the money that she made selling her baby things into a bank account for her son and then the other half towards a charm for her bracelet that represented her son and his babyhood so um it was like you know she got a hundred dollars She'd buy herself a, a charm for fifty dollars and put it on, you know, her little bracelet, and it would remind her of that phase. Like it maybe a pair of booties, or it was a rattle, or something yeah. like that, that kind of signified that phase. And then the rest of the money she popped aside into a bank account for him, and she felt like it was a much easier way to part with it because she was honouring his phase. She's serving his future, but she's got another trigger there for that, you know, that moment in time. Mm. So you know, you could get creative about solutions to help you you know, part with things and and move forward. I really like that idea. I think that's really sweet. 
Um, and all, I mean, going back to the money thing as well is that sometimes if you can get rid of things sooner rather than later, so waiting five years to get rid of baby stuff instead of 30 could mean that you could actually get uh, more money for it mm. as well because things haven't lost their value or worn out or gotten grotty and dusty and cobwebby uh, in the meantime. So you might actually have um, more valuable things if you get rid of them now um, than, than in the future. Another warm, fuzzy feeling we were talking before about donating things or giving things away to others, if you feel like you might get that lovely, warm, fuzzy feeling knowing that a person less fortunate or a family less fortunate than you could have your baby items, then, you know, channeling them into some kind of charity or a group um, or putting them out for free where people in need can come and come and collect them, that that would feel pretty bloody good as well i reckon like cuz you <clears throat> we talked you know previously about how we all are trying to do the best we can for our kids and if you imagine not being able to afford baby items um especially some of the the basics like it would be heartbreaking so you know imagine if those people could get wonderful quality items for their children at a fraction of the cost or at no cost like your privilege i guess is, you know, benefiting other people as well. And so if you weigh it up between keeping a warm, fuzzy thing, little feeling tucked away in your cupboard or letting someone else that didn't have access to that um, use it for their child, like there's that's a pretty pretty serious motivator, I reckon, there, if you can find, find a way to get it to someone who needs it. Yeah, I agree. I did a talk last week um, at a a probus meeting and it's at a church and one of the ladies came afterwards and she said come over here I want to show you our shed and so she showed me this room in the church and it's just it was quite a large large room on the side of the church and it was just full of stuff and they have a market and they take donations and people drop them off and you know have this market but she said what they do with a lot of the baby clothes that come is that they they on donate them so um they they might sell some of them but for the most part they donate them to the a pregnancy support service and so you know they they do this well so sometimes there's like our organizations that you can donate to that then move them to the those places as well and yeah it was quite it was quite sweet she was telling me about you know um the the uh, the, the personal side of it it was quite nice to to hear it happening like on the ground like that it was really sweet yeah and look I worked at a women's shelter for a while and we would occasionally get, you know, we used to get lots of ladies' clothes donated, which were lovely, but quite often women that were um, escaping domestic violence situations would come in with their kids and sometimes they Mm. would come with babies. And um, it was lovely to be be able to have some quality secondhand items so that people that left a situation with nothing but their handbag and their baby could walk in and Mm. you're like here are clothes for your baby here's a high chair here's some bottles here's you know like you just the relief that people get when they think that they are able to provide for their baby yeah it's pretty powerful so Mm. yeah I think that you know it's that whole thing it's finding something that you feel is a worthy enough cause that it kind of tips you over the edge and go yes I'm okay I can I will survive without this and it will be easier to survive Mm. knowing where it's going yeah. Um, one thing I would caution people against as well is keeping a whole stack of stuff for other people's kids when they come to visit. And I definitely did this for a while. Like, 
um, a whole stack of baby toys. Like I had a whole box of rattles and the board books and all the things for when my nieces and nephews would come to visit. But it was like quite often they would come with their own baby toys or, you know, friends would come around with their babies with baby toys already. And it was nice to have a couple things, but I didn't need anywhere near as much as I had. And same things with like... um, sippy cups and the little plastic plates and bowls and the plastic spoons like if there's a lot of babies or children in your life currently a couple of those things is great but Mm. most parents travel with items (laughs) to keep you know whatever they need so keep a couple of things if you really genuinely feel they will be used but I would avoid trying to keep an excess of stuff for other people's children because you'll find that you just don't need it all. Oh, yeah. I I don't think I've had a baby in this house for, like, 15 years. I, I honestly can't remember. Oh, I can remember one baby. I remember, yeah, one baby being here in the last five or six years and he was, you know, too young to even play with things anyway. He was just passed around basically. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I've kept, I kept a couple of my kids' toys and um, I thought, oh, they'll, they might be handy for someone to play with. But no one's played with them. I mean, I've, I've still kept them anyway because they're part of my little memory box. But, um, but yeah, I haven't actually had babies here when I, and I kind of thought I would, mm. <laughs> but I didn't. So it didn't even work out that way. Um, so I think one thing that's really helpful is to create that natural boundary for holding on to things. Here we go, rattling on about boundaries again, Beck. It's like our favourite <laughs> word. But Um, it doesn't, I mean, it could be a clear bin. It could be, you were saying you use the vacuum seal bags. Um, Mm. my girls have each got like a, a box, like a special memento box, which has got Mm. all sorts of stuff in there. It's got a few clothes and it's got like certificates and it's, you know, whatever it is, like a whole bunch of stuff that's all popped in, you know, the, the clipping from their first haircut, all that kind of stuff, Mm. um, is all in there, but it's like a box and it's that same principle of if I was going to put another piece of clothing in there I'd have to re- work out if something that's already in there is coming out like once it's full it's mm-hmm. full um so yep. creating that natural limit so that you don't keep everything yeah yeah I've done the same I've got a little cupboard in our living room that's the sort of the memory cupboard and there's one section that is my like some of my grandma's stuff and then there's uh, another section that's got the kids the kids toys and yeah so and then another section for me and um so there's different little cubby holes I guess in those in that cupboard so I've got one of those which is all the toys um that I can fit are in are in that one and then yeah the vacuum pack of clothes up in the wardrobe and then the kids each have a memory box so I've kind of I've spread it out a little bit that way yeah right and Really, at the end of the day, you need to just think of letting go of baby baby items as a very good um, learning opportunity and possibly very good practice for all the other things that you will be letting go of as a parent through the years because they keep growing and you will have to, unless you are happy to live in a house that's overflowing, you will have to let go over and over and over again. And it does get easier. yeah. Clothing, toys, sporting items, all their hobbies that come and go and change. Um, and then eventually, oh, this is sound sad, letting go of the kids themselves. But as they become adults mm. and start taking responsibility for their own stuff, um, move out, move away, all that kind of stuff, like 
it is just one big uh, practice of letting go, isn't it? So if you can master it at the baby level, then you'd be set. Yeah. And when they leave, they leave most of their stuff here anyway. So (laughs) keep coming back. The less that you (laughs) exactly. Well, then there they do keep coming back. But they like most people will leave their childhoody kitty baby things at home when they move out a lot of them leave them and even if you've if they've kept them for them or you've kept them for them it often stays in the house anyway so you're just going to get all clogged up and you're going to have to say goodbye to the kid but keep all the stuff and that's just the reverse of what you want really um so don't give them as much to i guess leave behind um as as you might otherwise do so um think about the fact that it actually might not leave with them. If that's your intention, just be aware that it sometimes doesn't happen. And we clear out houses of people in their 90s um, where their adult children are still storing their old stuff at their house. So, yeah, it's good practice. Keep it rolling um, and then you'll have your your house as your house when they're all grown up. Yeah, absolutely. And the last point I would make is think of yourself now as an adult. What of your baby things you would be interested in seeing or, you know, um, at some point should your parent pass on, if that stuff comes to you, what of your own baby things would you be wanting to keep for you? And it might just help give you a bit of clarity around the volume of stuff that you're holding on to for your kids. Definitely. And perhaps the burden that you may be Mm. passing on to them um, and ask yourself whether or not it's, it's important, whether or not, your feelings of needing to keep those memories and hang on to that are more important than their feelings of having to be burdened with it and, and have be responsible for all of that later on too. So uh, it's a bit of a balance there. So there's lots of there's lots of deep feelings when it comes to this stuff. So if you want to have a chat about it all, um, you can join us in our Facebook community group and we can all commiserate on um, <laughs> our sentimental partings and celebrate on um, being lighter with um, that stuff gone. Um, so do that. Um, come and join us and we will see you here again next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at rebeccamazino.com.au and basklifecoaching.com.